Welcome back to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. It was the 1970s when Tor Johnson first set off sailing across oceans with his family. He was seven years old. Somewhere along the way in the Pacific, a woman who was crewing with the family gave him an old camera, and he was hooked. Today, Tor's photographs grace the covers of magazines like Cruising World, Yachting World, Sail, Sailing, and many other publications. You've likely seen his work before. Tor and I talk about the challenges and dangers of capturing unique sailing images. Surfing, sailing, racing, celestial navigation, and more. So enjoy this interview. Thanks, first of all, for, for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks for inviting me. Tell me where you are. Well, I'm in the Pacific Northwest right now in the Anacortes area, um, sitting on the top of a cliff um, overlooking the Swinomish Channel, which is real close to the San Juan Islands. Oh, it must be uh, looking out at the sun just going down. Yeah, pretty much. We've got had some interesting weather here. I mean, everybody's had interesting weather, but boy, it's been hot for this area, which is never hot. It's it's amazing to have it. it. You're just waiting for something really strange to happen, like those you know lightning storms that you guys have had down there. Oh, we man. haven't seen that, but boy, it's just it's been really weird. Yeah, well, it's weird here too. All all over. <laughs> Man, hoping the best, hoping for the best for you guys. Those fires are scary. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can smell it in the air right now. I tell you, thank you for those for those thoughts. But let's let's jump back a few years, and I know you first took off sailing with your family when you were about seven years old. How how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about that. What boat it was on, where well, you left from, see. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty old already I'm, I'm 58 now so seven you can imagine 51 years ago there weren't a whole lot of sailing families out there and uh my father he just had this idea that he really wanted to take the whole family and go sailing and uh, we took off from the bay area actually in a boat that was built in hong kong out of teak it was an all teak boat wow and it was a motor sailor called the Lightning, a 50-foot boat. And um, we just basically set off for, uh, well, we went all the way down the Mexican coast and down through uh, Central America, Panama, and sailed to the East Coast, Florida. And, yeah, it was a real experience for me as a kid. I mean, at seven, right? Um, see, I had two, two older brother, brother and sister who were twins. And uh, just all of us being on the boat and seeing the things that you do being on the ocean, you know, as a kid, it's, it's, it's life-changing, right? Yeah. You're, you're responsible, you know, at seven years old, you're responsible for everyone's life. You're standing watch. You know, these things, that they really do change you. What are some of your most vivid memories from that trip? <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I remember, my dad was pretty tough. He was a, sort of a, I don't want to say a Captain Bly, but, you know, a taskmaster. And he, I, he had all the stress of making sure his family survived. So, you know, now that I, 
I'm, I'm around his age, um, the age he was, I, I, I think about that, um, you know, that there was probably quite a bit of stress for him, but, uh, you know, he, 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 he wasn't real easy to get along with. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, I remember tying the wheel off on the boat because it was hanging around, uh, as we were hove to at night. I think he was sleeping and we were in some weather and I saw the wheel flying around and he had told me, Hey, don't let the wheel fly around like that. Cause it'll damage the steering. So I, you know, found the close line, which is probably a, the wrong line, a sheet or something like that. And tied the wheel off, you know, sort of as a seven year old, right. I right. made a bunch of bad knots and made a total mess out of it. I made it worse. And he came on deck and he said, who did this? And we were all terrified of my father. I sort of said, uh, I did. And he said, good job. Mm. You know, you were looking out for the, the welfare of the crew and the, and the boat. Good for you. I just remember that. I don't know why. I guess probably because I was scared. But also because you felt like you had done something right. Yeah. When I thought I had done something wrong, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I got the I got the idea that you know the the thing is you want to look out for the whole crew and that's part of the sailing, and that's something you know that's a lot not a lot of seven year olds are getting I don't think. I also remember being hove to again. It's these times when you're alone at night on a on a watch, you know, or you maybe just with your mom or one other person. And I just remember being at first light and being on deck. And, and looking below the boat, because we were hove to off of Florida, or somewhere in the Gulf Stream off there, and looking down and seeing these shapes, I was like, God, those are fish. I just grabbed the, the, the fishing rod and put the lure in the water thinking, who knows, right? I had three mahi-mahi flopping around on deck before anybody else came up for breakfast. <laughs> I was pretty surprised. It's a big fish for a little kid, right? That is great. <laughs> that sounds like a good breakfast. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, you know, I mean, you see amazing things, right? I remember seeing so many sharks on the East Coast, like right off of these populous beaches, like Miami. You're sailing past it and there's just sharks everywhere. But, all, you know, a lot of stuff, a, a, lot, a lot of things. You probably go on and on. I don't want to bore you with a bunch of, recollections but yeah, yeah so we, we sailed through the canal a couple times we picked a couple boats up in the western pacific we picked a couple boats up in hong kong as a family and sailed them through the philippines down to the solomons new guinea vanuatu we sailed back across the north pacific through alaska through the aleutian islands once now, did you guys have a home base, or was or were yeah, you? Yeah, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, California. That was our home base. Okay. And yeah, you know, I, I, we we all all of us kids missed a lot of school. In fact, not one of us graduated from high school. <laughs> we all missed school. Um, I got an equivalency degree. I'm the only one who actually has a an equivalency degree. But we all have college degrees. Having done all these things and been all these places and had some responsibility for me to go back to school, you know, after being, after sailing for a year and, you know, learning celestial navigation and having to stand watch and, and 
learning all the stuff about the weather to go to high school it just didn't seem i don't know it just didn't it didn't seem close to reality to me uh-huh. you know, it sort of seemed like they've made up all these rules for us to us to follow because they think that's how we're going to turn into good citizens i, I just high school i think for all of us it was tough college on the other hand you know that's challenging right we all of us kids went to cabrillo college in santa cruz and we all found interesting things to do i i got really interested in japanese language at cabrillo actually i ended up studying that all the way through grad school i have a master's in language studies studies wow yeah it, it was that was fascinating i mean we had sailed to japan when i was 18 and i just thought hey this is a really interesting culture these people are they took us in you know they're like whoa here's a sailing family they're such hospitable people right they they they, they're like you know here come and have a hot bath at my place and for us you know sailing on a boat and you know out of the tropics we're like oh yeah hot bath that sounds good (laughs) and then you know the next thing we know we're having dinner and sake and the fishermen out in out in the uh, remote parts of, of Japan were just amazing. They're so friendly to us. That was an eye opener. So I thought, hey, let's. I'll see if I can learn Japanese, and I ended up, you know, learning it. Wow. <laughs> I haven't heard of that, especially back fifty years ago. Of that many boats cruising around Japan. Were you one of the few cruising boats? Yeah, oh yeah, no, we didn't see any other. I don't even think there's many now yeah. because honestly they have a pretty uh, narrow weather there. You know, you're not cruising there all year. And certainly with the hurricanes, the typhoons that, that, that come through there, you're going to avoid the entire fall into winter. And then, you know, once it becomes winter, it's cold. It's, it's nothing you really want to sail in. It took some courage for my dad to say, Hey, let's go sail through the Western Pacific up through Japan. So it's interesting, boy. That the crossing of, 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 of the North Pacific was pretty interesting. This this was um, all celestial navigation. We didn't see the sun. It was there was fog for a lot of the trip, all the way up to the Aleutian Islands. We lost our engine, battery power. We couldn't start the engine, <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of approaching the Aleutians was really something. We got be calmed with no engine up in oh what was it we made landfall in adak alaska which is a military base you know this is after 20 it was 21 days at sea from yokosuka japan and cold long steering night watches in the cold we actually got in there they towed us in with a tug and then i remember i remember thinking thank god this this crossing's over and then being told we had to leave because what? it's a military base off limits oh. and, yeah it, it, that was devastating i almost started to cry and then, and then uh, my dad i don't know they they realized one of the higher ups said wait a minute this guy my my dad's a, a world war ii veteran and was up there in ADAC during World War II. Oh. And they said, we can't kick these guys off the dock. And so they let us stay. In the end. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been a relief. Definitely. I had some hot sake ready to go. <laughs> I was, was going to celebrate with that. And right when I was bringing up the lips, they said, get off this dock. you got to leave. But um, anyway, they relented. <laughs> but it was really interesting. The, the, the illusions were fascinating. We met some of the Aleuts who live up there. Who are the original inhabitants? And um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Some of those islands are fascinating. You know, um, live volcanoes and yeah, it's it's an amazing place. Well, your father sounds like quite a force, and I understand that you two are still sailing together. Is that right? How old is he now? He's ninety five. Just turned ninety five. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that's one of the reasons that, that I'm here is to sail with my dad. So, you know, he took me sailing my whole life to all these places. And so now it's my turn. I get to take him sailing. So we're, uh, you know, we've been sailing out the San Juan, some really nice trips out here. He's just absolutely loving it. He's got his lady friend along and yeah, we've done some, some great cruising over the summer here and I've got to know, which I sailed from France. I got it in La Rochelle where it was built. I sailed it across the Atlantic. As you know, you said, I think you were breaking up just a bit. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. you know, 44I that, that okay. I sailed from La Rochelle and um, got it up here. So it's, it's, it's been docked here for the, for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cruising heaven here. Mm. And I've been up, I've been up through, uh, well, my father's been up there with me too. Up, up, uh, North of Vancouver Island, there's the Queen Charlotte's up there, which is a Haida Indian native community. Uh, pretty amazing place up there. We, we can't do that. You can't go to Canada anymore, but, you know, during the COVID times. But we've been enjoying ourselves a lot, really, right here. So some great places to cruise here as well. And that actually segues us nicely because people may have seen in the magazine Yachting Monthly a piece that you wrote about the Pacific Northwest and took some beautiful photos of, which gets me to your photography, which I would imagine, at least for myself, I, I have admired your photos without realizing they were yours, I'm sure for years, because you've had some astounding photos on the cover of cruising world sailing magazine and and so many others how did you get into photography oh basically following my older brother around he, he's actually a great photographer he i think he took it in school or something because he had a dark room in the basement of our old house in santa cruz and i would just you know basically watch what he did and then uh, you know follow him around try to take pictures too and um you know i gradually learned a little bit and I started shooting surfing and well as you know this you know the surfing photography is that's a difficult it's a challenging thing to do right yeah. to get close to surfing and you take some beatings in the water and and you have you have, you have to try really hard to get anything new with surfing I sort of had that mindset you know as a surf photographer and as a writer, I wrote a bunch of stuff for several different surfing magazines. Yeah, I just took that that mindset and, and started shooting sailing, which is you know I've always sailed, and you know it's it's one of the most beautiful things out there. So, I thought, hey, you know, let's use some of these water shooting techniques with sailing because I'm not not a lot of people are doing that. 
and uh, you know the over and under domes and stuff so you can see the keel and you can see the reef and mm-hmm. everything above water as well and, and why not try that out you know and see what we can get and i really enjoyed just experimenting with all that stuff so um yeah all the sailing magazines sort of snapped it up they've used a lot of my material and i, and I really appreciate it. yachting world i think is it rather than yachting monthly is oh. the one that published that most recent article but uh, i've got some things coming out in cruising world as well and yeah it's, it's just a lot of fun to be able to do that i mean it's, it's not a huge money maker um, editorial stuff doesn't pay a lot but it's sure a lot of fun to shoot sailboats <laughs> and i read somewhere that you were gifted a camera when you were cruising as a kid and that's how you first got started? Yeah, that's true. We had a, a crew member uh, on one of our boats who's been with us a long time, us over the years. Um, Susan St. John was her name. And she was a photographer, and she had an old camera, and, and um, she just gave it to me. That's how I started having my own camera and being able to shoot my own things. We were out like out in the Western Pacific, out in places like New Guinea and Solomon Islands, and I was able to shoot things that, you know, not everybody gets to see it. You really want to record that stuff if you can. So you must have been shooting on film to start, and you must have many, many <laughs> negatives collected. Yeah, oh yeah, I've got slides, way too many slides. <laughs> and uh, it's just, yeah, mountains of slides. Now I have mountains of digital images, too. I have, I have hard drives all over the house. Just managing those is, is a challenge. And, I, you know, I've, I've got my own uh, stock photography site for sailing on Photo Shelter. I'm trying to keep everything uploaded. You know, you're supposed to do all the social media stuff. It's, it's hard to keep up with that as well. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just want to go out and shoot every day. That's that's kind of my passion. That's what I like to do. Being so. out there. Yeah. Yeah. you got to be out there, and then whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah. It, 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 it seems like... I, I was listening to a, uh, something on NPR about it, a really famous photographer. And now I've forgotten his name, but he said something really interesting that it's, it's not his idea that ends up being the magic photo. It's something that it's almost like a gift from somewhere that happens. It's, you can be prepared. You can, you know, know your camera and know, have the skills and have an idea in your mind, even how you're going to make this shot happen. But the best shot is going to be something that just happens naturally. And I imagine a lot of it is being there and being ready. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you don't go out there, you're never going to get anything interesting. So yeah, exactly. Just being out there and, and, uh, and looking around, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's not really necessarily about, you and your idea it's about something that just happens it's just given to you and then on the other side of the spectrum how often do you say oh i have this vision or an idea of an image i'd love to capture and then you have to work to align everything and get that most of the time most of the time i've got some idea of what i want to shoot and I'm out there in a dinghy or swimming in the middle of the channel in, in, in Polynesia or something like that, trying to get that shot. And then most of the time, it's not that exact shot. It's something else that that, that looks amazing that yeah, just happens. 
And you have to get, like you mentioned, you're swimming or in a dinghy. You have to get that perspective away from the boat. Have there ever been times when that's caused problems or? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I try to be as careful as I can while taking, you know, a certain amount of risk because you're leaving the boat you know, in, 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 in the open ocean, say you take the dinghy out in the open ocean or you just jump in off the dinghy and you're out swimming in it, you know, in an ocean channel off of the Hawaiian islands or something. You don't know if there could be animals a lot larger than you out there looking at you, <laughs> shooting a, a, a fish flailing on the end of the line come, coming in or something like that, knowing that's a bit of a lure, right? But, uh, yeah, the one I could think about was, uh, let's see, I was shooting the Tahiti Pearl Regatta, which is a race between the islands and Tahiti, which is just gorgeous. I mean, it's a feast for the photographer. There's just so much to shoot. And the Tahiti tourism has been kind enough to send me down there to shoot that race a few years running. I was with another photographer, and we took the, the tender from from the press boat and basically followed one of the lead boats out into the channel. And the engine was a bit wonky, and we were getting some great material, so neither one of us wanted to turn around, and then we realized we're in the middle of the channel between Huahine and Rayatea. It's a pretty big channel. We're not going to make it. We don't have enough fuel to do the whole thing. We're going to have to find a way to get back to one of the press boats or something and and, the, and to make matters worse the boat we were following went off on a jibe leaving the whole fleet so we were pretty much out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and we did end up flagging down one of the committee boats i think another catamaran and they took us in tow they said oh my god there you are you guys okay and we said yeah of course we're okay why and they said well we have launched a search the French Navy is out searching for you now. So they called huh. in, told us, told everybody we were okay. And we didn't think we were in trouble, but I think everyone else did. Well, it's nice to know they were looking out for you. Yeah, very good, right? <laughs> That's quite something. <laughs> they had to get their photos back. That's what they were really looking for was those yeah, SD cards. Yeah, didn't want to lose all the good, the good material. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun. You know, my website right from the get-go, I, I think, is is the hero shot is something from that race. It's, you know, it's paradise down there. I mean, French Polynesia is, is stunning. Even coming from Hawaii, people who, like me, who live in Hawaii, we, when you say Tahiti, everybody goes, oh, Tahiti, wow. You know, there's not a lot of places where people from Hawaii are stunning. <laughs> yeah. I want to go there. And if people want to see your website, where do they go? Oh, it's TJ is in Tor Johnson, TJHawaii.com. Cool. Shameless plug. Thank you. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, but it's worth, I'm looking at it right now, and it's just, it, you can spend a good amount of time just scrolling through these gorgeous images. I would highly recommend uh, well, it. Well, the so. first one that comes up is the one I'm talking about. The, Cool. Shot from the it's actually from the mast of the, one of the press boats. It's wow. you know the boats look like they're sort of suspended in the air. Yeah, it's you can see their shadows that. on the bottom, but they're they're floating on this crystal clear waters. Ah, oh, yeah. You know, it's really funny that somebody posted that, not me because I'm not that good at social media, but somebody posted it. And 
it got like millions of likes and people made the funniest comments. Like, one guy said, I would so pee in that water. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really good ones. A lot of people think it's Photoshop. They say, oh, no, no, it doesn't make sense. And I could kind of see why they say that, because you can't see the wakes on those boats. And it's just like, they don't, it doesn't even look real. The water is so, no one's ever seen water that clear. And yeah. I rarely see water that clear. And it, it's, it's like, yeah, they had to, so somebody had to make this photo. It didn't really happen. But, you know, that's what it looks like. I always think, you know, okay, so imagine Captain Bly sailing down there, and this is what his sailors would have seen from the rigging, this kind of view, right? Mm. And then he told them they had to leave. And they said, no, you're going in the dinghy. We're going back. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We found paradise. You can leave us. Yeah. Not to mention the Tahitian women, right, that they had been with for how long. They spent some time there, and they all hooked up. And it's like, oh, no, we're going back. <laughs> but months at sea? Right. Or... Yeah, no, let's get back in our rat-infested <laughs> yeah. bark and go back out to sea. It's not hard to imagine why they, why they didn't want to leave. Yeah. yeah, right, right. How often do you find yourself at the top of the rigging? Oh, geez. A lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll spend I'll spend hours up there, especially during that race. I would spend hours up, the, the, you know, somewhere up the mast. And and how you need, I would imagine you have both hands for the camera, or at least one hand well, for the camera. That's a bit of an issue, actually. <laughs> if it gets rough, which in those lagoons it's not too bad, but once you head out of the channels, it can all of a sudden, you know, as you can imagine, get a bit rough. And you know, you've got two cameras up there at least and you're trying to hold on to the rig you're getting slammed around and you know there are there's definitely times when you're gripped on up there and and just going get me out of here (laughs) yeah you don't want to drop anything on someone's head and don't want to drop your camera so yeah there's there's been challenges with that for sure scary scary moments up at the top of the rig i bet you don't need very much movement down on the boat to really be starting to swing around up there at top I was going to ask how that's changed things. Oh, yeah. And it's just amazing. The drones are fantastic. I mean, a lot of guys on boats now have the drones, right? Man, it's it's like another set of eyes. It's really fun. You can go up and shoot just, just all sorts of stuff. And once you get up there, you see things that you wouldn't have seen, which is which is also fascinating. Right? I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing things while you're up there through your screen. And just saying, hey, that looks cool. Let's try that, and, and 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 learning learning a lot from that as well. It's all a lot of fun. It's it's fun to have that technology. I mean, you almost know, feel almost like you're out there flying. Well, I just drowned my most recent drone 
I was going to ask about that because everyone says you're not, you truly haven't flown drones unless you've lost one. Oh, no, I've lost a couple of them. Actually, I was really surprised at the last one. I, I just drowned it. It wasn't pilot error. The drone just decided it was done. It said, landing. Sounded like something out of the Matrix, you know, just landing. And it just <laughs> dropped itself into the water. And I kept trying to force it into shallower water. And I did actually go down, dive down and get it. This is in the Northwest, so it's not exactly warm. But I found that drone, tried to return it, but they wouldn't let me. So anyway, I got I to fork out for a new drone now. Oh, no. <laughs> what what drone do you fly? The DJI drones. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. So the, uh, I think the best one for me, my next drone is going to be a um, DJI uh, Phantom 4 Pro. Because my understanding is they're a little easier to retrieve from a moving boat because they have a little cage underneath them you can grab onto. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a real challenge to fly that thing into into the boat, and the boat's going up and down and sideways and forward and back. And it's just get all those together, and then if you have to grab it yourself, it's it, that's a real challenge. I, I'm 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 definitely learning that one. I've caught one for other. I've certainly I'm no expert at piloting them and wouldn't want to try off a boat, but I've caught them for others and uh, just was thankful that the drone pilot knew what he was doing because <laughs> those really? blades come in. Yeah. How, what were you flying? Were you flying under sail and moving along pretty quick? Or? Yeah, we were, we were, and we were, uh, we were in the Atlantic, uh, on our way to Halifax and, uh, the captain who was also the drone pilot had a lot of experience doing it and got some beautiful shots and, Brought it back to the boat smoothly. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, it's always a challenge for me because I'm, I'm, I actually, you know, once in a while I'll fly it while single handing. Oh, so wow! <laughs> I'll have you know all the canvas up, and I'll be trying to bring the boat into the wind and slow the boat down and land the drone and do the whole thing. And it's like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's stressful. <laughs> And there are no chapters in any sailing books that I've ever read about how to single hand and land your drone at the same time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, all, it's all. It's all fun. It's all good fun. That is great. You said Santa Cruz was a home base for you, but you also spent. I mean, in addition to your sailing with the family all around the world, um, grew up overseas a bit, as I understand, and spent some time in Brazil. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, my parents volunteered in the Peace Corps when I was, what, I think it was about 12 down in Brazil. And so we spent a year down there and with traveling and sailing and everything. We've, we, we've been around a bit. I'm based in Hawaii now. I went to grad school there, the University of Hawaii. Worked there doing film production work for, for some years and then just... Uh, went straight to what I've always done, which is photography. So, um, you know, I, I, the, the film production was a good way to pay the bills, but then I realized, hey, photography's better. <laughs> Get you out there. I, I do stuff for hotels, the Hawaii Visitors Bureau, uh, you know, destination stuff, commercial work. So, you know, I do all sorts of stuff. So it's good It's good to have the film background so you know how to get permits and you know all the locations and how to work with people to get get those things that you need right yeah yeah it, it's 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 an interesting industry for sure so growing up in santa cruz how much sailing did you do here in the bay 
not too much. I mean, uh, mostly I, I, you know, I would do the Wednesday night races and stuff in, in Santa Cruz. Yeah. The first time I sailed out of San Francisco Bay was uh, in the Pacific Cup when I was 18. And I had recently crossed the Pacific, done that Pacific crossing, you know, from Japan to Alaska and learned a little bit about celestial navigation and, um, yeah, I used a sextant. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, crossing, crossing to Hawaii and somehow managed to, uh, hit Hawaii. Yeah. As navigator at 18 on a CNC 35 in the Pacific cup. And I just remember, you know, reaching Hawaii and saying, Hey, this, I got to live here coming around the point in now Willy Willy harbor on Kauai and smelling the pineapples now it's a golf course but at that point it was all pineapple and just smelling that those rotting sweet pineapples in the fields and just going wow it just hits you you get into the lee of that point and uh yeah it was really something i i just you know kind of fell in love with hawaii what do you remember about that that race <laughs> that race um what do i remember about that race I remember trying to make that boat get up on a plane the entire time. I'm like, let's get this thing. Cause I was a surfer. Right. And I'm like, let's get this thing going. And, uh, really only getting it really going well toward the end of the race. When we got into the channels between the islands and the waves got real steep and we could really get it surfing. And, and, uh, I remember I would take people's watches because I was having so much fun. And you're like, yeah, I'll just keep steering. They're like, you want to steer? Cause you know, it's hard, but it's fun. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think we got the boat going about 18 knots and surfing down waves. Right. And that was a lot of fun. So I, I steered for, for long periods. If it was really wild, that's when I would want to steer. Yeah. I think the guys, no one believed my, my, celestial navigation they didn't think that we were where i said we were did you and believe your celestial was, navigation oh i had no i had no idea if i was right <laughs> oh yeah we well i was 18 it's the first yeah. time i'd ever done a crossing as as navigator right and uh i just remember we passed underneath the declination of the sun so in other words below the sun so the sun was would have been on the south side of us now it's on the north side of us and so I'm, I'm trying to do a sight and I'm trying to bring the, as you do with Celestial, you bring the sun down to the horizon and I can't do it because it's too far up. So I turn around and I go off the starboard side and I get it down to the horizon. I'm like, this is really weird. Now what do I do? I have to, it, it works if I set if I subtract this number instead of add it. So I guess I'll do that. And then everything worked. And I was like, well, maybe this is where we are. So from that, I, I was pretty much <laughs> had very little faith in my own navigation. But when, when we sighted the islands, the crew said, all right, we know where we are. Let's throw away tourist navigation. And we made a, a bad jibe and went through one, started to go through one of the wrong channels and then figured it out. And they, the guys came to me later and said, Oh, hey, sorry about that. You were right on with your navigation. We just didn't trust you. <laughs> wow. Trust you either, so that's all good. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now you can gain some confidence in your skills. Yeah. 
I have to ask if you know Paul Exner, who's uh, a charter captain there in Hawaii. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, you should connect with Paul. He's on the Big Island. Uh, Modern Geographic um, is his outfit, and uh, he was on the show a while back. But uh, great guy. Oh yeah. What does he do? He he. Uh... He's, he he takes people sailing around the island. He and his family. Uh, were were in the uh, Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands, and they they got wiped out um, oh, no. by one of the recent hurricanes. Oh no! Yeah, um, really harrowing story. But the boat survived, and he decided to bring it and his family out to Hawaii. So he's making a oh, go cool. of it there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll connect the two of you. Good. Yeah. Good. That'll be good. Um, so you mentioned surfing, and from what I understand, even though you grew up in Santa Cruz, you started surfing in in Brazil when your parents were down there in the Peace Corps. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. How, how did that start? Uh, you know, again, following my brother. Around, yeah. He <laughs> was a good influence surfing. on you. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, he's still a great surfer. And, um, yeah, he's in Santa Cruz. But yeah, no, I, that's that's where I kind of started really getting into it. I mean, we surfed in Santa Cruz and everything, but I remember in Brazil was sort of one of those. All right, this is for me. You know, I've always loved to surf, and I surfed the Santa Cruz Harbor. That was like a big deal. I was kind of a local there, and uh, yeah, and then moving to Hawaii, the surf there, as everybody knows, is really challenging. So every year, you know, I'm getting I get challenged and and take some pretty good beatings and you know try to serve some bigger waves and it's never boring i'm looking at uh, the last photo on the home page the montage on your home page and it looks from the angle like an absolutely monstrous wave speaking of waves oh do you know the photo i'm talking about uh let's see would that be why man? See, can you see a mountain in the background? Yes, yes. It's got, okay, oh, it's yeah. not a black and white photo, but it's very monochromatic. Right, right. That was an immense wave. You know, 40, 50 feet. Wow. Yeah, that I had to run after shooting that because this, the just the surge from those waves comes right up the beach. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, I had to run up run up the rocks to get away. It's the power is awesome. It, it shakes the whole island, right? It's really something. You can what's what's amazing is that the power of that wave is captured in the image, and it's hard. It's always hard. I'm always amazed when I look at photos of rough seas, or you try and take a photo of rough sea. How difficult it is to portray, portray to somebody that power right. or the the size immensity just being able to capture that is really amazing photography is interesting for that because it's how, how how do you say it you know what what what's what's going to give you that feeling and, and and that's really what you want is, is is some sort of feeling out of the images right it's not you're not really just trying to capture something sort of literally or word for word right it, it's a feeling and and if you feel that like wow look at the power in that that's you know that's that's good so i, I that's nice to hear that you, that you feel the power of that way because it's not too easy to capture despite the fact that it, 
there's so much power there, but but how do you capture it? And with a still photograph, you've got to tell an entire story in, in just one one image. So there are a lot of elements that you don't want to overthink it. But how do you put all those elements together? It's it's it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, art form. For this one photo that I'm looking at, which people can go look at on your site, I you mentioned I wouldn't have even thought of this, but you mentioned the fact that the mountain is in the background. And I think that does give it some perspective. You see this looming mountain, but this wave that's almost cutting off half of that mountain. And it makes yeah, you realize. It some scale, right? Yeah, yeah. Makes you realize yeah. how enormous it is. Yeah, it, it's Waimea it's Bay looked at from the other side, from the back. Uh. So, yeah. And, and when you're looking at it from that side, you're really close to it. I mean, that's about as close as you're ever going to get to a wave that size without dying. <laughs> it sounds like you, you had to. Get out of there quick! <laughs> it, yeah, it's really something. When when, when it gets the, that size in Hawaii, it's really something. We we've had the experience. I I sailed up from the Marquesas to Hawaii in December, and and one of the big winter swells. That, you know, it was one. Of, it was the first of a really big. You know, like a twenty foot swell, and to have to to be at sea in that size of a swell it was really cool it's it's terrifying if you think about it you don't want to think about it too much but you know it, it, the waves aren't breaking they're they're smooth and there's no local wind so you're looking at corduroy across the horizon but you're descending into the depths of these huge troughs right and rising up to the top of these great heights and, and it's the power and the just so, sort of the unstoppable relentless power of the ocean you really feel it and and you know the, the whole wind wind changes as you get to the top and versus at the bottom and you, you don't want to think that you could ever oppose something like that right right In a boat you just go with it and thank god that you can go with it because otherwise there's just you know you wouldn't have a hope as a photographer are you always thinking about how can I capture that? Or are there times when you're just out there sailing and say, I'm going to put the camera away. This is just for me and not have that in mind of, Oh, that would be an amazing photograph. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of things that you really, that just don't photograph and you got to just enjoy it. You know, some of the, some of the big scenes that you see, if you're not enjoying it, then, then why are you out there? Sort of, you know, <laughs> I really enjoy capturing it, and yeah, it, it gets a little, a little over the top with it. Where I want to get it, you know, I want to get the photo of that. How could I capture that? So yeah, I'm always thinking of that sort of thing. But there's got to be, there's got to be times when you're also just don't even pick up the camera. Yeah. Well, what photographs or what surfing spots or what passages haven't you done that you want to? Oh. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I I was when I was shooting the uh, Tahiti Pro Regatta last year, um, I ran into a guy. He has a boat called Nika, and it's a Finocomp design. I think they've done a lot of the Open Sixties and a lot of these really fast boats, but it's it's actually a cruising boat, you know, with water ballast and a lifting keel it's a just a, a beautiful thing it's, it's lime green 
anyway, this is this this boat just walked away from the entire fleet like it wasn't there. And I think it's a fifty-three, a really really interesting, the sort of cutting edge of what a cruising boat can be. And he sailed the boat down to New Zealand, and invited me to come sailing with them. They they liked my photos and liked the idea that you know I had a passion for shooting. And said, hey, you know, come sailing with us anytime. I said, oh well, you know, I'll go. <laughs> and so my idea was to to get on this boat and sail through the Southern Ocean on it. Uh, originally, we were going to sail back to French Polynesia from New Zealand, so that would have been. You know the Roaring Forties on an ultralight boat. <laughs> wow! And and carries a lot of sail too, so it would have been really interesting to do that trip. Due to COVID, we couldn't do it, and you know, unfortunately. But you know, I was almost dreading it a little bit because it's cold down there and it's wild and it's rough and it's like, oh boy, here we go. But you know, it would have been an adventure, and, and I, I I was up for it. But um, yeah, that's something I'd, I'd like to do on a boat like that. There's a lot more adventures out there to be had. So, I mean, God, it's endless, isn't it? All the things you can do. There's a lot to choose from. Yeah. Tor, this has been awesome. What haven't we talked about that you want to mention? Anything? No, I can't think of a thing. I mean, it's really been fun talking with you. And, um, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for for, uh, putting me on the show. Oh, this was great. And I look forward to seeing the photos from your current cruising or whatever the next adventures are oh man i've got heaps i gotta get them up online (laughs) it's work (laughs) i'll share them with you well i'll let you to it thanks again all right man yeah thank you very much this has been a pleasure that's it for this episode thanks for listening i'm ben shaw host and producer of the show until next time Smooth sailing.